Hello and welcome to the Political Party Daily Podcast on polling day, the most exciting day of the year. Oh my word, I can't wait to find out what happens tonight, whichever way it goes. The drama of it's incredible. I can't wait for the exit poll. I can't wait for the results to come in. I'm going to be on Channel 4 as part of their, as part of their alternative election night. I'm going to be running the alternative news desk from 10pm until 6am. So watch Channel 4 tonight to get your election night news uh, and coverage. But tonight we find out what has really happened. All these interviews, all these conversations, all the coverage leading us to this point where we definitely find out what has happened. Uh, And I can't wait... Just can't wait for the whole drama of it to unfold. Uh, As a special polling day treat, I've been saving back some of the funniest emails you've been sending me throughout the campaign, just so that we end on a light note. I am going to, by the way, try and do some sort of show tomorrow, but I am finishing, as I said, at 6am at Channel 4. So I don't know what state I'm going to be in. I don't know who I'll be able to get hold of. So I don't know, in reality, if I'll be able to do a show tomorrow, whether I'll be awake or sober or whatever, but I will try. I'm going to carry my um, kit around with me, try and get hold of some people at some point. Um, But if I don't manage to um, put one out, it's because I'm face down. Um, So here are some of my favourite emails that I haven't read out during this campaign. Some of the great stories. Um, Names, of course, redacted to protect the innocents. This one comes from a a Tory uh, campaigner and a, a former staffer. It says, Matt, my favourite memory was learning of a Labour plot to catch my Tory candidate on the doorstep of our campaign office and present him with a taxpayer's bill for Tory spending promises. I told our candidate to get to the other end of the constituency for plausible deniability and I would handle it. The sitting Labour MP had been on the council and been heavily involved with the local failure of the Noel Edmonds Crinkly Bottom theme park before heading to Westminster. I got one of my ever-willing students to hire a Mr Blobby costume to greet the Labour candidate in his team, bristling with enthusiastic press pack to capture the red faces of their Tory adversary. The fact the door to the office was a one-way mirror made it an even greater delight for us. The bell rang and Mr Blobby burst out to present the terrified Labour candidate with a large-sized cardboard charity cheque donated by a nameless bank. I'm sure you can work out which one. Believing it to be for a charity presentation for the bill for Crinkly Bottom Theme Park. The press loved it and the sight of the Labour candidate being chased down the road by Mr Blobby, clutching a giant cheque for him to sign, was worth every moment of a sleep-deprived and ultimately fruitless campaign. It was the most enjoyable receipt of my election expenses as well. Absolutely brilliant. If you've got any, do keep them coming in. I know the election is almost over, but we can still revel in these stories. And if anything happens today, by the way, email us politicalpartypodcast at gmail.com. Another Anonymous emailer says, in 2005, I was the Labour Party press office accreditation manager. I basically had to organise the registration, security clearance and passes for all the journos covering the campaign. Once the bulk of this was done, I then helped out in the press office in general and would have to help out with the running of the daily press briefings and other events. This meant the building security guards got used to me calling whenever a journalist turned up at Victoria Street, I'd come down, sort them out or point them in the right direction. That's why I wasn't very worried when I got a call from security saying that the sun wanted to come in and could I talk to them. I got down to reception and it was pandemonium. Outside the building on the street blocking access to the building was a gaggle of people including what appeared to be page three girls, some snappers, a camera crew, Ian Botham and some men carrying an enormous joint of roast beef. The usually happy security guards looked a little nervous and no one had any idea what to do. 
I should probably have told them to wait outside, but they were getting a lot of attention and I worried there'd be some awful photo if a politician came in while they were all gathered outside, so I thought it best just to get them into the building and out of the way. We had a little reception area where we kept journos until they could come into the building and I decided to put them in there while I went back upstairs. Unfortunately, for security, anyone and everything coming into the building had to go through an airport scanner, but I thought they'd just come through quickly while I sorted stuff out. Everything was kind of fine until the roast beef joint got stuck in the scanner. I've now got the most famous cricketer ever, his page three girlfriends arguing with some poor security guy about damaging the beef while blocking access to Labour HQ. I finally persuaded the security guards just to let the roast beef in without a scan, as it was highly unlikely Ian Botham was trying to smuggle in a bomb to the building inside it. I am sorry. I asked some poor volunteer to keep an eye on everything and sprint upstairs to the main office. Only there's no one senior in the press office, just me, which means I have to turn to the head table where Matt Carter is sat with Alistair Campbell and all the other bigwigs to tell them the news. I remember Matt Carter panicking a bit and then Alan Milburn wandered in and asked what was going on and him panicking a little bit too. Basically no one wanted to do anything. Thank God Adrian McMenamin appeared from somewhere and just said someone should go down and talk to them. So Alan Milburn agreed to go down, and that's how we ended up doing a mini photo shoot of Alan Milburn, Ian Botham, and some roast beef in the lobby of the Labour Party election HQ. I've had a Google, and this is the only evidence I can find that it really happened, though it's been dated wrong on the internet, as you can see, the forward not back campaign posters uh, are in the background. I'm going to, by the way, when I tweet this out, there's an amazing photo of Alan Milburn uh, Ian Botham and uh, a joint of beef inside Labour headquarters. So if you go to my Twitter feed at Matt Ford, you will see it. You will see it there. Um, there's, uh, there's, well, there's one here that's a, the, less less sort of insane than that, uh, but but more just a very short, quick story about the perils of um, campaigning. Hewell Davis got in touch and said a mate of mine went canvassing for Plaid Cymru in 1997 and knocked on the door of a Communist Party member who spoke to him for half an hour and converted him. My word. If By the way, if you have experienced this, if you've gone out there canvassing for a party or a candidate in this election and then changed your mind mid-pitch, I was going to say give me a call. Uh, that would be a bit, uh, maybe a bit too direct. Email me, politicalpartypodcast at gmail.com. Stephen Shires has a question. Um, now, I don't know whether this is true or not, um, but he's asking about uh, impartiality and broadcast rules during the election. He says, I'm asking this because I'm inspired by a possibly untrue story I was told at uni, that Braveheart is not allowed to be shown during a, an election period as it is seen as too favourable to the SNP. Surely that can't be true. I mean, if you showed it on polling day, you might raise an eyebrow, but surely that wouldn't swing it in favour. Would it? I don't know. Have you had your have you had your vote changed by watching a badly dated nineties blockbuster film? Email the show politicalpartypodcast at gmail.com. I will try and do a results service tomorrow. And also there is one big show of the year left at the eighteenth of December, just a few days away at the Bloomsbury Theatre, where I'll be joined by Sadiq Khan, the Mayor of London. 
Oh my word, I'm so, I've been trying to get Sadiq on for ages, as you can imagine, I really have wanted to uh, interview him for a very long time, and I cannot wait to be able to do a Christmas special with him, an MP4, and some extra surprises as well, at Bloomsbury Theatre on the 18th, there are about five tickets left, if you go on the Bloomsbury Theatre website, um, you'll be able to find them, and if I, I will tweet them from my uh, Twitter feed at Matt Ford. I'm also going on tour next year with a show that will now have to be completely rewritten depending, well, regardless of what happens tonight, the whole thing's getting rewritten. It starts at the Salford Lowry, one of my favourite venues in Britain, on the 14th of January. So maybe some Christmas presents there for the love of your life in the northwest of England. And then uh, all over the country, Crew, Leicester, Darlington, Hexham, Bedford, London, Leeds, York, Alnwick, Alnwick, Southend, Cambridge, Brighton, Newcastle, Glasgow, Aberdeen, Chorley, Camberley, Corby, Exeter, Bristol, Gloucester, Maidstone, Nottingham, Sheffield, Stafford, Edinburgh, and I think we're adding a few more around the place as well. So always check the website, mattford.com slash live. If you would like to get advanced news on who uh, forthcoming guests are going to be, and just for any other announcements, uh, go to mattford.com slash mailing hyphen list. Enjoy the campaign. Enjoy watching Channel 4's coverage tonight. If you're a candidate, good luck. If you've been working on this campaign, congratulations on all your hard work. Let's see what happens tonight. And, oh my word, what a dramatic day it's going to be. I will try and do some sort of summary tomorrow. I'll try and get hold of someone who, um, if I'm awake and whatever else. Um, So, maybe I'll see you tomorrow. If not, I'll see you on the 18th at the Bloomsbury Theatre. Enjoy tonight. Ta-ra. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Listen. 